All righty. Welcome back to another episode of the Starting Eleven podcast with Blaze Review. My name is Emilio Pena. I got my friends Morgan Freeland here, Grant Roland, and Evan Alvary. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to make sure. I hesitated for a second. If anyone has watched the Fast Break podcast, I'm sure they're familiar with him. But we just wanted to start some stuff off talking about the quarterfinal matchups. First, the Brazil and Croatia game. All four of us picked Brazil to win that game. So we all struck out on that one. It was uh, 0-0. All the way up until the like 106th minute, I think something like that. Yeah, it was Neymar it was pretty scored. deep into extra time. Um, who I, who scored first? Was it Brazil Neymar, or Croatia? It was Brazil yeah. with Neymar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Real quick, oh man, that's right. Yeah. Real so quick, I was before actually... I let you go, after that, Brazil kind of gave up a little bit. They kind of stopped playing with as much urgency after that goal. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, having said that, I'll let you go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was actually on my way home from work uh, and I was catching like the extra time uh, listening to it in my car as I was driving. And when I heard that Neymar had scored, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was so I was so pumped up because I, I thought for sure that like that meant that Brazil was through. And then, you know, it was it, it was all gravy for them. And then uh, Croatia got right back into it. Uh, and it ended one one, if I remember correctly, or was it two two? It was one one. One one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Croatia scored very, very late. And then, uh, yeah, you were right. They did kind of back off a little bit. Brazil did. And they kind of let Croatia control the tempo of the game. And one thing about Croatia, you know, they defend so well. And when they defend as well as they do, it opens them up to release a lot of really dangerous counterattacks. And they definitely capitalized on that. And um, they went to the penalty shootout. And one thing that I was a little confused about when they were shooting those penalties was they Brazil didn't seem to use any like really strong players in the penalty shootout. A few of the players that stepped up, I had honestly, I don't really even know that much about them. Like Pedro was one of the ones that stepped up and he missed. They missed most of their penalties. And Croatia, man, they just love penalty shootouts. They love extra time. They seem to thrive in those kind of kind of scenarios. And I don't know if that's because a lot of them grew up in, you know, war-torn countries, so they're forced to be very resilient. So maybe they just naturally thrive under that kind of pressure. Um, you know, it could be a lot of things, but it's very, very exciting way to end that game. And, I, I mean, Brazil were the favorites to to win the whole thing. I mean, I, I deep down, I kind of expected them to just go on and win the whole thing especially with how well they performed in the group stages and all the flashiness and the dancing and stuff after their, they just seemed so comfortable, you know? And so I expect them to go all the way, but it turned out that wasn't the case. I think, correct me if I'm wrong here too, but when, when Croatia ultimately scored uh, to tie it up 1-1, I believe that that was their first shot on target too. So sometimes you just got to make the most of those opportunities and uh, right. that's all they needed really to get there. I think every single game has gone to penalty kicks, at least knockout mm. stage, uh, yeah. kind of group stage matches, of course. Um, so, you know, they have uh, the experience. I want to come back on uh, the penalty shoot, I think, uh, because it's actually true that Brazil went into the penalty shoot very, uh, like, in a weird way. Uh, Neymar uh, should be shooting the first penalty. Uh, okay. First of all, because he's one of the best uh, penalty shooters in team. Uh, and like overall in the world, he's a very good penalty shooter. And but it's not only like for that reason because Neymar is like the superstar of Brazil. And when you have a superstar who knows how to shoot the penalties, 
you need to send him first. Like, for example, we'll talk about Netherlands after, but Netherlands sent Virgil van Dijk, which is very good. Uh, he's a very good penalty shooter, and he's, he's the captain, so he missed. Yeah. But he would very like to show the example. Neymar, he's, he's not the captain, but he's the superstar, so he needs to show the penalty first because he's the superstar and needs to show the example. He actually did that mistake uh, one or two years ago uh, in the French National Cup, uh, they lost against a small club because uh, all the stars, Neymar included, refused to shoot the penalty first. So they sent the young guys who were inexperimented to shoot the penalties and they missed. And this is what happened with Brazil. Um, wow. It's sad that Mark missed uh, because Marquinhos uh, personally I love Marquinhos mm. and he's a very exemplary captain so it's it's super sad that he missed one but Neymar he should be shooting the penalty I know why he wanted to shoot like the last penalty because like the fifth penalty is potential like the winning one and he wanted he wanted like the lights of you know you know right. scoring the winning yeah. But guys like Neymar they have to shoot the penalty first and that has been a mistake <laughs> of Brazil and Gotta set I that think example. Yeah, exactly. And I think that during the game also they've been ah, it's it's quite weird the way they play because uh as you said, Brazil were the favorites. They were my favorite too. I think they would go all the way. And honestly, they've been very disappointing. You know, they've been missing efficiency on offense. Uh they've been a bit lazy in defense. They let Croatia uh as you said, you know, got back into the game. So yeah, frankly, uh the overall performance of Brazil is is very disappointing and it's not what we expected from this team uh this year. So uh we'll see, you know, what's happened uh with the coach and what's happening also, you know, with the medias in Brazil because we know that they love to, you know, destroy the team when things are going bad. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. But as you said, um, it's it's like quite it's like the first surprise of the quarterfinals, and it's not the one we expected. And yeah, as I said, you know, very disappointing from Brazil. Uh, this is not the way they should be ending this World Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, the energy and the face they showed on the, on the pitch during the quarterfinals. This is not right. what we wanted to see. From Maybe they were a little bit too confident. You know, you mentioned the dancing and all stuff. Maybe they get into a little bit too confident going into yeah. Croatia. They got they got a little bit too big for their britches. Yeah, it's uh, Croatia is a, is an experimented team. Uh, it's an old team, all right, but they're still experimented. You know, players like obviously you know Luka Modric. Uh, you yeah. need to show respect towards him like Croatia. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Grant, I saw you kind of smile mm. a little bit when Evan was talking about Neymar should be going first did you have anything when he was saying that uh yeah i think well first off the boys nailed everything on the head so i can make this pretty quick but i just i get so frustrated when i see these teams and big moments have young players go first like when mm -hmm. rodrigo stepped up to take the first one like when france went out in the euros to what switzerland yeah uh, yes. i think killian went first and yeah he's a world-class player but like i just don't understand why you have those young players in those massive moments especially going first in penalties like evan said i get the going last like that could be make or break that could be like oh force it to go into like a sudden death shootout i don't know it's just you can't go behind early and penalties because that just gives the team so much confidence and having a young player that like, I don't know, first World Cup in that moment in a knockout game against Croatia, who is literally recreating their path from 2018 back to back penalties in the first two rounds. Like, right. I don't know. I, that was so frustrating for me to see. And obviously I'm an Argentina fan and I would have loved to see that Brazil Argentina semifinal. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I think just going back and they hit this nail on the head too. like Brazil and like I 
think I mentioned it on the last podcast we did. Yeah, they're this like mega talented, obviously every player like insane on the ball, like whatever. They just don't have that gear that they can go into when you're grinding out a game. We got to put our head down and we got to find a different way to win because like our style is just not working. And it kind of showed again against Croatia, who's going to take you in those deep waters and see if you can figure it out, see if you can swim. So tough look for Brazil. But hey, I mean, who knows? They're going to be back. They're Brazil. They're royalty. Of course. Tough luck for Brazil, but good luck for Argentina, your team. No, I see. Um, I wanted, I wanted the smoke. We beat them in the Copa America. (laughs) Like I think we match up well with them. Uh, This Argentina team, we're going to talk about them, and I have a lot to say. Yeah, let's talk about them. Uh, They're another team. I think, I think Leo Messi was either first or second. Yeah, he stepped up first, and he oh right down the middle. Yeah, again, example. Example and confidence. Messi went first, uh, scored the mm-hmm. penalty. Right, just like all right, it's one. Yeah, and then especially when your keeper Emmy Martinez gets that first save, it's like yeah. now you're rolling. Now it's all the pressure on the Netherlands, and you're just stepping up, taking a penalty. But yeah, I don't know. This Argentina team feels different from like I don't know. It's just something clicked. I don't know if it's like the new manager, but I don't know what the expectations were too for the rest of the world on how this team was gonna play. I guess people expected them to be like routing teams, but this is not who they are. Uh, they really don't have like a special attack outside of Messi. Like when you really think. Think about it they're gonna score a couple and then grind these games out they're a feisty little group and you're seeing it and the netherlands i think the biggest mistake they made was those comments before the game louis van hall throwing some shade you're gonna fire those players up the the paul's the paredes and like they're gonna perform and when they went down like i was like oh, this this is just such like an argentina thing to do uh like have them tied up two late goals and i don't know like they just showed they and they got themselves in some trouble too like the goals went in uh dutch started to dominate put balls in the box and you know the fouls started to come and it's like uh here we go we're gonna fall apart they're gonna do something stupid like like 19 cards in that game but i don't know they just yeah, they, brought together. they dominated that second but i think i mean the first extra time was like whatever but at the end of that second extra time it was like i don't know argentina probably could have scored some goals but i don't know i'm curious i'm a little biased like i love my boys so i want to see how you guys thought about the game but yeah this is a feisty group like don't get them fired up and they can grind out games they have the they have that gear that brazil don't have but they don't have like that flair and i don't know kind of swag that brazil have but they got functionality yeah yeah they know who they are they know (laughs) definitely who they are they're riding on those emotions uh and then just like the comments from like Emmy Martinez, even before the World Cup, like saying like I don't care, like I'll die for Leo Messi, like we want him to yeah. get. The, I don't know, it's written in the stars. Like here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that whole team, they, I mean, they they know what this means. Like they know that this can be like the Probably thing is. that truly yeah. his chance. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're 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 going to war every match. And I mean, they're going to do whatever it takes to get messy that World Cup. But yeah, I mean, I was actually I was at my brother's college graduation during the game and they had like they had like eight speakers like talking for so long. And I'm like, you know, what? I pulled out my phone. I started watching the game during the during the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, it, was, it took but a couple the, years. Like, the off penalty life. shootout was on during the ceremony. And I'm like, I, I literally cannot watch this. My brother already walked the stage. So like I got to see that. You know, I wasn't just like looking at it like, oh, wow. 
wow. But I was watching the game and uh, I actually had to like step outside of the gymnasium because like it was getting like to the end of the penalty shootout. And I just I wanted to like see I wanted to see how it ended up. And uh, luckily, you know, obviously Argentina came out. Argentina came out with a win. Yeah. And it really warmed my heart to see uh, after they won. The first thing that Messi did was run to Emmy Martinez and he celebrated with him first before yeah. celebrating with the rest of the team. It really yeah. it just goes to show like the brotherhood they have in that team and yeah. how much they really love each other and, and how good the chemistry is. Because at the end of yeah, the day, man, it. like it, the chemistry, it means so much in Argentina. They next to like Morocco because of this crazy run they've been on Argentina probably has the best chemistry of all the teams mm -hmm. left in the team right now or in the competition right now yeah I mean like you're saying I mean it definitely does feel like it's written in the stars there's a certain energy to the team where you just you just it's impossible to say like oh like they're gonna get be easy like there's no team in this final four that could beat them easily like you know that it's gonna be a great matchup so yeah it's gonna be and exciting to see how it all ends up before we get Evan's thoughts, uh, yeah, this team too, like they don't collapse. Like none of these games have they really dominated teams outside mm -hmm. of maybe that Mexico game. Like they're yeah. grinding it out. So like a team like Croatia, I think last World Cup, even like they were in the group, and I think Croatia won what three 0 It'd be a bad matchup for them, but I think I don't know. Everything's prepared them to like <laughs> go in those deep waters and. I think yeah, no, I think special. there's no way Argentina doesn't reach the final. Like as as you guys said, it's like the story. We'll see. We'll see for the win. Yeah. But like it's obvious that Messi. Um, I, I was actually saying to my uh little brother, who's a who's a football fan too. Uh, I think that against Croatia, Messi will have the kind of game uh Zidane had against Brazil in 2006 mm. during the World Cup. You know that game okay. where it's like over <laughs> everyone. I yeah. think I think because it's the game to reach the World Cup final, which mm -hmm. Messi reached in 2014 and hasn't reached since, and he knows that this is last one. And against a team like Croatia, against players like Luka Modric in the middle, game he ever had in all this reach of that final. So yeah, I think like for me, it's it's Argentina all the way to the final. We'll see. As I said, you know, the final is different, but there's no way Argentina doesn't reach the final. I love to hear it. All right, let's pivot to Morocco. Morocco beat Portugal one. In a pretty remarkable game, um, it is the first time an African nation has advanced this far to the semifinals. That's pretty awesome, if you ask me. I love witnessing history being made. So, um, what do you guys think? Uh, um, personally, uh, I'm not surprised that Portugal has been eliminated because, honestly, uh, except the games against Switzerland, uh, which was weird because Switzerland was like lost in the pitch, uh, they had. Like they've struggled during the entire World Cup. They, you know, they didn't have this uh, like reference game where we're like, all right, they're they're playing strong. They're uh, tough to beat. Uh, it's a bit like like uh, um, you know, they've been also struggling to see is Ronaldo starting? Is Ronaldo starting? So honestly, I'm not surprised that Portugal has been eliminated against Morocco with a quite a disappointing game because they're not as strong as they as they, as they might look. Uh, I think they were like super confident after beating Switzerland. So you know it's obvious you beat a team like six one and you're coming into the semifinals against uh, a surprising outsider. You might feel confident, but frankly, I'm not surprised 
uh, about their elimination. And uh, I think they've been, as you say, you know, way too confident. They, they just didn't expect it to like face that kind of team and that kind of, of energy in Morocco. So Portugal, it's it's very sad for Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I think we all saw those uh, images of Ronaldo crying um, in in the tunnel. Uh, but it's not it's not a surprise, unfortunately for him. He, he never really had you know the team and and the chance to win this World Cup. But you know, once again, Portugal is uh, a bit like those teams when we say that all right, this is the year, this is the year they're going to win. And in the end, they're just you know failing once again and in quarterfinals this time against Morocco so just uh, Morocco just went they just were a better team uh, during the entire game um, be- before the um, the competition even started, we all we all talked about who we thought our dark horses would be, and I don't think a single one of us even thought about naming Morocco as a dark horse. But you know, watching how well they've been defending, because they've only conceded one goal this entire competition, if I'm not mistaken. It was an own goal. An own goal, yeah. So even I mean, it's like so, yeah. They they literally no team has actually like genuinely scored against them in this competition, which is just absolutely unreal. And the mid feel with Amrabat like hey the way he just dictates the midfield it controls the tempo of the game I mean they just they've been breaking down every team they played against and uh you know it it doesn't really seem that far-fetched to think that they could make it to the final I mean my thing I think most people are going to be rooting for Morocco when they play against France and I'll, I'll be one of them <laughs> we, we, <laughs> sorry we actually we have a yeah. lot of people in France that are uh coming from Moroccan family and, and like they have like the French but they have like the Moroccan roots and this has been a question yeah. like before so it's uh it's going to be like uh like culturally it's going to be a super interesting game in france and yet we do have a lot of people who's going to root for morocco and but yeah as you say you know you mentioned the midfield um you know people were like uh, uh why morocco is winning it's actually simple they have they have quality like during the walk up um <laughs> except for the people who were watching like um the african cup um i'm like watching the result but I don't have the time to watch the games but yeah Morocco most people are only watching Morocco um, mm. every four years during the World Cup and they tend to forget that most of the players are playing in Europe are playing mm. either the Champions League or the Europa League and some of them are even important players like Ziyech who's playing yes. uh, in, in Amsterdam and and uh, and obviously Akimi who's playing in Paris most of Moroccan players are playing in Europe and they have a role to play in important team of Europe and so it's a, it's a quality team and you add to this uh, that that fire that chemistry you mentioned uh, talking about Argentina and then you mentioned Morocco mm-hmm. so if you add this, this like this quality and the the chemistry and the fire and the fact that they are playing with no, no pressure because I think for a team like Morocco the objective was to uh, pass the group phase and, and then we'll see and from the moment that this objective was was reached like no pressure they have nothing to lose and every game is just bonus so they are playing just for like with fun and, and they're enjoying the fact of being uh, that far in the World Cup and that combination of quality no pressure and uh, and chemistry is, is, is lethal for most of team like Benel Possible. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point that they're just playing so loose that they don't really even have to worry about uh, we're letting these people down at home. Everyone's already proud of them. Hundred percent. The yeah. other three players that are that are in the competition still, they're all expected to 
win the thing outright you know like they're all kind of powerhouses and they're expected to you know like they have the pedigree to go on to win it so of course they all have this major pressure on them whereas Morocco does not have that and so it makes sense that like Evan's point it makes sense that they're just playing a little more loose they're enjoying their game more and that could be really deadly yeah and a quick side note uh I think Morocco too what's like really impressed me is like they know who they are as a team and they're not switching up their play style by like <laughs> who they're playing and what I mean by that is like usually you see in like the club level or these national teams like the smaller like nations will typically like sit back try to absorb as much pressure pressured like damage control like hit on a counter and Morocco's like not scared to like go toe to toe and it's like that no pressure it's like why not why not uh slay some giants like I don't know yeah. we're gonna play out we're gonna play we're not gonna sit back like I don't know we'll we'll see yeah this Moroccan team is very very exciting and I think we did we did we did them dirty not talking about them because the World Cup preview uh we're talking about if any African nation could make a run and just skipped over to, over Morocco because that group was you sure did nasty. <laughs> that group was nasty and just, that that makes yeah. it even funnier too <laughs> also um one thing about Morocco uh and more more especially the team they faced I think that the way Spain and Portugal like uh, arrived facing Morocco I think they they arrived in the wrong way because it is true that a team like Morocco was not obviously expected that far in the competition and I think like a team like Portugal was like all right uh, they've beat Spain it's a surprise it's not going to happen again so we're going to win and I think that I mean, maybe they, it's not the way they came into the game, but watching them play and, and, and the fact that Morocco beat uh, twice Spain and then Portugal, it feels like really those teams, uh, so Portugal and Spain, they came in, in the game thinking that it was won by advance because uh, Morocco was a surprise team. And, and obviously we know that when there's a surprise like that, there's always a moment when, when the story ends because they just face the stronger teams. And I think that both Spain and Portugal thought that they were these stronger teams. Um, if you listen to Luis Enrique interview after the game, he mentioned that midfielder uh, from Morocco, which, um, who I forgot the name. And the funny thing is I'm that Luis Enrique, Enrique forgot about his name. And he was like, I didn't know him. But you he played so well. Who is this guy? And this is I mean, this is weird. Yeah. When you face the team in the World Cup, you need to know who you are facing. You can't like right. this is it's crazy to say in an interview, I didn't know who this player was and 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 being surprised of how good he is. Like this 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 shows you the way Spain prepared their game against Morocco. Like if you don't right. know the player surprised the way he played means that you didn't really prepare a game in, in the right way and I think that mm. might have happened to Portugal too. Yeah, it just goes to show they probably didn't even look at any like film of them playing or anything. They went into it just thinking they could run right over them. As we all know, that's very dangerous. Uh, in other news, Harry Kane broke my heart. Like in and he just shattered it into into little I hate tiny to say pieces. It, but that was definitely a Spurs moment. It, it really Spurs. it really <laughs> just it just proved to me again how much it really hurts being a Spurs fan. Well, I want your guys' opinion on this because I was talking to my roommate that's a soccer fan. We were watching it. That second penalty when Harry Kane skied it, steps up. That's Tottenham versus Tottenham. Hugo Lloris in goal. He scores the first one. Mm -hmm. You're the most expensive team in the world. Personally, I said I don't think I think Harry Kane should step up and take that penalty. Because in your head, you scored the first one. Now it's extra in your head. I, I don't know. I thought someone else probably should have stepped up and took that penalty. I thought the exact same thing. I thought that, I don't know, I don't think Marcus Rashford was on the pitch yet, but I thought that Marcus Rashford would have been a good shout. Or even, even maybe like, well, maybe not Bakayo Saka. Uh, yeah, I, I think I mean, they took, that's another 
very questionable. I thought Bukayo Saka was playing out of his mind. Maybe someone like, like, like Jordan Henderson uh, might be the player. You know, he used to take this penalty to Liverpool. Um, yep. I think, personally, I think he should have taken the second penalty because he's, he's the best striker in the team, best penalty shooter. Um, and also, he knows uh, Loris very well because mm. they're playing together in Tottenham. So I think he should have stepped for the penalty. Uh, personally, I'm not. I mean, um, I also was sad about Hurricane missing penalty. I mean, I was like happy because uh, <laughs> stayed friends and yeah. Not, but um, I, I really like Hurricane. He's uh, he's really one of my favorite players. Uh, lovely guy. So it was sad mm-hmm. to see him to be that person missing the penalty. They shouldn't blame him. Blame him because. He scored the first one uh, to put England in the tie. And then he had uh, one fabulous shot on the right foot uh, mm. um, out box, uh, and Loris saved it. It was not Kane missing it. It was Loris saving because the shot... Loris played out of his mind that game. Yeah. The first shot Kane took, like that that, that powerful right foot shot, uh, it went mm. on the top and, and it, it was just Loris better than Kane. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, when there was the, like, the extra pass and Loris just came out in Kane's foot. Again, Kane did the job. He shook the ball and just Loris was yep. better. So in the end, Kane scored a penalty to tie the game and Kane had two or three occasions to score. And it was just perfect shot. Just Loris was better. Again, penalties, we expect the shooters to, to, to make the penalty, but we rarely expect the goalkeeper to save it or... The, the you know the striker to miss it but that can happen uh you know the goalkeeper can save it the the striker can miss it so honestly Kane yes yes he missed the penalty to tie the game once again but after everything he did it, it's hard like to blame Kane for missing the penalty because there is many other things to blame you know apart than Kane missing the penalty yeah. I think Gareth Southgate's uh non-utilization of informed players really killed England this tournament because what was the point of bringing on James Madison? What was the point of bringing Callum Wilson? They both were, they're very much, very much so informed in the Premier League this season. Instead of bringing on Madison or Callum Wilson, who can score you a goal. They've been doing it all year so far in the Premier League. He brings on Raheem Sterling, who literally just got back from having his house. And Mason Mount, who who doesn't do anything, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It just mm-hmm. it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Gareth Southgate's been he's been kind of having a clown esque performance. You know, Harry Kane, like you said, Harry Kane did everything he possibly could. He still had a good game, and you know he's he's equal now with Wayne Wayne Rooney as England's yeah. all time top goal scorer. So you really can't put too much blame on any of the players really because they all did their job you know it's just you know Harry Kane unfortunately turned into Harry Payne and Southgate just made some really clownish uh, substitutions and you know yeah also, for it. also Saka had the good game he was very mm. dangerous on the right oh, yeah. side he actually he almost scored it was a miracle save by Hernandez who was back uh, at the very last moment but because mm. if Hernandez doesn't like touch the ball it's an obvious goal because he's Right in front of Loris, and Loris can't yeah. save this one. Uh, Mark Warrior had a very, uh, frankly, had a, a decent walk-up in general. Not only on this game, yeah. uh, he's one of the best player. This is cool for him because we know how hard he is right now at Manchester. Uh, not only for him, but he was really one of the players struggling in Manchester. Maguire was one of the, of the best players in the team, and also during the quarterfinals against France, he he locked up Giroud play well. Like we were struggling to send good balls to Giroud because Maguire was looking up for that. So yeah, as you said, it's not really the players to blame. Uh, maybe a few like Mount who had quite a terrible game against France once again. 
made a lot of fouls. I think it's more about like uh yeah, coaching and like above the players, not not directly the players. Yeah. I think the only good thing Mount did was win that penalty the second one for Harry Kane, yeah. which he unfortunately and, uh, missed. And I'd say it's more Hernandez felt than than, than Mount's uh, responsibility because Hernandez like pushing him was so so dumb, uh, like pushing him so strongly. It was obvious that he's gonna get a penalty. So yeah, Mount was one of these players that he said that uh, yeah, what was he doing here? <laughs> not not right. really specifically. But yeah, as you said, you know, it's hard to blame the players. Uh even Pickford uh, had a good game, you know. Most oh, yeah. of the players had a good game. So yeah, as you say, it's more about coaching and above the player than than the players themselves let's uh let's move on to our predictions for the next round so uh the first game is croatia versus argentina the argentina fan grant why don't you start us off uh yeah i mean uh this is argentina all the way yeah i'll go a 2-1 win uh definitely gonna be a, a grind for both sides but yeah argentina have that fire yeah argentina i think um i think argentina will win it in extra time it could go to a penalty shootout. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I do think that it'll go to extra time, and I think Argentina will come out victorious after that. And I do believe that Messi will score. Love to hear it. Mm. Evan? Argentina uh, wins 2-0, and I think Messi will score also. I'll also go Argentina. I'll go Argentina 1-0. It's triple down Messi scoring that one point. Next game, France versus Morocco, the underdog versus the defending champion. I'll start us off. I'm going to go with France. Um, I picked France before the tournament started in our predictions. Uh, so I'm going to ride with Evans boys. They have that experience. They have the depth. They have the top end talent and they're playing really well. So I'm going to go France 2-0. France gets the first goal. France will get that 1-0 lead and it'll just be hard for Morocco to overcome that. And then Eventually, they'll just put a second one in and just end the game. Yeah, I think um, I think it's France's game to lose. I'm pretty sure that they're going to win that one, uh, but it'll be very close. Uh, I think it'll be one nil France, and um, I don't know. I kind of want to see. I, I want to see many launch another rock into the back of the net. That goalie score was so nice, but it'll probably be Mbappe. Mbappe will be the goal scorer. I'd say one zero two. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tight game. Uh, you know what? Just to switch it up, I'll I'll go with the with the Moroccans. Ooh, yeah, uh, Hakimi's yeah. gonna gonna pocket Mbappe. Probably not, but you know what? I'm rocking hey, with it. We'll go with the he Moroccans. He faces him in practice all the time. So, yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> we got two more games, and then we're in the final. So uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode, and we'll see you guys before the finale.